You're listening to the Strategically Podcast. I'm Tyler Collins. And I'm Brandon Collins. We like to say that strategy is all about finding the best way to get from where you are to where you want to be. Head over to our website, Strategically, that's strategic.li, for more tools and content. But right now, you can join us for this casual conversation where we dive deep into the concepts behind thinking strategically in life, business, or whatever you care about. In this episode, we start exploring five different methods for how to narrow down what your end destination should be. We'll introduce the methods and then begin talking through method one. Let's get into it. In this session, we're going to be talking about finding your desired future. So last week, we started getting into that um, a little bit, but we didn't we didn't get too far into it. We, uh, we tried. We tried yeah. to get into it. <laughs> We actually got kind of hung up on some really interesting stuff about goals and goal setting mm-hmm. and uh, some ways maybe that goal setting isn't always like super helpful. Um, a lot of that was from my personal experience. But uh, some of the feedback we heard from some of our past episodes were, you know, maybe I know sort of what to do, but I don't know yeah. necessarily where I'm going. So I think this yeah. is going to be a really important session for us to really dig in on that sort of deciding uh, what that future should be that you, we talked about last week. It's, it's a vision, more of a vision, more of a destination. Uh, well, maybe not destination. Yeah. Destination. Yeah. Yeah. More of a vision, less of a goal. Um, mm-hmm. I don't we need talked to review. about the phrase desired future. Yeah. We don't um, need to review a whole lot, but yeah. Well, and last week, the thing, or not last week, when we, our last session, we talked a lot about, um, the importance of being clear about your desired future and taking time. You know, it, it's, it's, tempting to skip over this step because it seems so, you know, we talked about navel gazing and how people sort of resent the time they have to take before they're actually doing the thing. Um, And so what we have today um, is several methods that I think are, it's sort of like, I don't know, maybe, maybe this is a bad example, but it's almost like a diet. Like there's lots of different diets out there. Some of them, you know, work for some people better. Some of them work for other people better. And so I think my hope is that after we walk through some of these between the, I forget how many there are, like five or six methods, uh, one yeah. of them will sort of, you'll be able to strike gold and be at least somewhat confident in the, uh, you know, where you land. So, yeah. And I think that's a good point too, is it might, this is the most important step by far. Mm-hmm. Once you have the destination down, you can, you can go from there and you probably don't even need us to tell you like how to do strategy. If you've got a really solid, solid, um, destination very clearly chosen out because, and we've talked about this in the past, but I feel like it's worth bringing up again. When you know where you're going, your mind has a way of focusing you towards that thing and helping you get there. Uh, because, because your focus then, you know, Mm -hmm. every, every like conversation you have, every like TV show you watch every, you know, for me, it's like YouTube videos I watch. And when I'm thinking about something, I'm trying to figure something out. It all starts to like get connected to that thing. That's sort of in the back of my mind. So yeah, yeah. I do think that if you've got that destination really selected and you, and you've done that work first, you're going to get there. Now, I think a lot of what we're trying to accomplish, you know, with this book, with this kind of content is help you get there faster once you've really selected that destination. So all that I'm saying all of that uh, because you have there's five methods here, right? <laughs> I forget exactly. I'll okay, look here. Uh, uh, three, four, five, six, six. six, six different methods, and you might like you were. I think you were kind of alluding to this, and so maybe I'm bringing it up to say, hey, this is this is worth doing six different times. Like if you do 
method one, and maybe you're still not sure about your destination. And then you do method two, and you're still not really sure about your destination and and so on and so forth. You keep going like, because this is the most important step. If you're going to put any of your time anywhere, you know, thinking 80, 20 here, spend extra time here. Yeah. Right. Because it's going to be the one, the thing that probably makes the biggest difference all along the way is this is my destination. Because like you said, you know, if you're clear on your destination and you stick with it long enough, the odds are you're going to continue getting higher and higher. You'll get there. Now, I think, again, what you said, our hope is that this resource gets you there faster and and prevents the pitfalls because the longer you take, the the lower the odds that you end up getting there. Um, It's kind of like your boat, the boat analogy we use often. The longer you spend at sea, the higher the chances you hit some sort of storm that like sinks your boat. So um, not to say that the rest of the strategy isn't important, but this is by far the highest, uh, most important thing. And the other thing you said, as far as the, I don't know that method is maybe even the right way, but they're more, they are methods, but they're more like tests. Like this is a thought I had is like, you know, you go to the doctor and you say, Hey, I've got, you know, uh, I've got, I don't know, abdo- upper abdominal pain. Um, you know, when I eat and they're like, Oh, well, is it acid reflux? It could be this, it could be this. Yes. And they might prescribe yes. several tests. Yep. Like I'm going to run blood work. I'm going to have you do, uh, um, not an MRI, but, uh, whatever, you know, various <laughs> you know, ultrasound <laughs> to check this and that. And so what they're doing is they're trying to get different perspectives on the same problem or the same thing. And if those all agree, then you, you raise the, the, the level of confidence that, that you've actually Absolutely. found. So that's how I see these. One of them, yeah. you might be. Well, in, in two, only- I think that's a great illustration because different tests, you know, getting back to your medical illustration, different tests have different strengths and weaknesses. Yeah, that's what and, I said. And that's the same thing here, too. Some of these methods have different strengths and weaknesses. So what I was going to say, too, um, and I kind of forgot to say this, but is it's worth, even if you get through one or two of these and you feel really confident, like, yep, this is the yeah. destination, it might still be worth doing all of them or another one, you know, three or yeah. four of them. Uh, because you're like you're saying, you're going to get different angles and you're going to get different because there's different strengths. You're going to come out with different information about your destination. That's well said. Yeah. And you're going to get it's going to increase your confidence and having. Yeah. The, I would say the second most important thing with yes. having a good destination <laughs> is being confident in the destination. That is the right have. destination. Exactly. That's exactly. that's my number one pitfall. I, I can oh, tell so you is I'm like I select what I where I want to head, you know, and then. It changes or I'm like, well, do I really want to go that far? That's right. That's right. It's constant, man. And or for me, it's like, I know that's what I want or no, no, it's like, I think that's what I want, but to try it, I'm going to have to work really hard and sacrifice a lot. And what if I do that? And then I'm one, then I was wrong, you know? So when I am confident, I'm willing to do, to take those steps and make those sacrifices. And we'll get into this later on in the book, but we've got um, a, a lot of sections I know, cause I remember writing these in the outline, but about how important it is, uh, your why, you know, why do mm-hmm. I want to accomplish mm-hmm. this thing? And a lot of that, why is your ability to picture yourself at your destination and That's how right. like that rings I, I almost say in your soul like because it is a very yeah. soul it's an inside of you kind of thing so mm-hmm. if you have a really clear destination and then step two so to speak is like picturing yourself there and you know if 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 i take the example of losing weight imagining yourself you know 30 pounds lighter and fit and maybe washboard yeah. abs and you imagine your wife like being more attracted to you or you imagine getting a <laughs> girlfriend the, or you know what i'm saying all the energy you're going to have yeah the or, energy yeah, yeah there's so many things you imagine running around with your kids and they get tired instead of you you know <laughs> imagine going to the gym and not yeah. feeling ashamed of yourself <laughs> 
So those, <laughs> those kinds of things, you know, being able to envision that um, those things then feed back into your motivation, which just helps you even get farther yeah. down the road. So let's uh, let's jump in. The other thing I was going to say before we hit the first one is, you know, you talked about taking a lot of time. A lot of these don't take a lot of time. Mm. Um, you could probably move through them, you know, in 30 minutes to an hour. Um, but what they do need is they need marinate time. Like, oh, good a point. Lot, pretty much all of them. What I would recommend is to and we'll, I'm sure we'll hit these. I'll hit this same point a few times as we move through it. But like you need to do the exercise, walk through the the uh, process and then walk away from it and then come back to it a day later and then a week later and see, do those answers still hit and land mm-hmm. in the same way they did in that moment when you did it, you know, uh, and you'll see how that kind of fleshes itself out, but it's almost just as important, if not more important uh, than the time you actually spend answering the questions. So it's just thinking about it or or you're saying like, fill it all out, but then kind of just let it sit. Is that what yes. you're saying? Yes, because yeah. a lot of these questions are, um, you'll see as we get into it, they very much, it's like what you were talking about, how the goal lands on, on your soul or how it resonates with yeah. you is how I like to talk about it. Yeah. Um, you know, and so resonance resonance it could resonate with me in this moment but what about the next day what about the Mm. next day what about a month from now what about a year from now will it still resonate with me and the only way to know that is to sort of put it to the test by waiting a week or a few days or sometimes even a month so yeah and i'll add to that too because this is another trap that i tend to fall in is when i'm going through these exercises i take too long doing them initially because i want to have the perfect answer to all the questions the first time around yeah. And I think it's actually better to go through it and more do your gut reaction. Mm-hmm. And you might be wrong in that moment, but that's okay. It's better to get through it. And then like you're saying, let it sit and marinate for a while and then come back to it. And, well, okay. That wasn't really accurate. That's or, right. That's you know, right. But nine times out of 10, I mean, this is how I am. Nine times out of 10, my gut reaction is more true than my like two weeks of, you know, yeah. thinking and agonizing over that's something. That's right. But what the what the marination period does is it's sort of a cooling off period. It's like mm. you might think like this has happened to me when I did um one of these exercises I did probably, I don't know, 10 years ago. And there was probably 80 percent of it uh, stuck through the marination period. But there was a few pieces where I was really excited about them in that moment. And mm. then about uh, two weeks later, I read back over it and I was like, I don't really resonate with that anymore. So something about that moment, whatever emotional state or whatever things were happening around me whatever yeah. experiences I was having in that That's moment led that to resonate. And so letting sort of coming at it from a different time or a different season, a different location, even um, sort of helps me again. It's all about changing perspectives and do, doing different tests. Yeah. So. And the goal of this is a such a long term destination that if if those kinds of things that you just mentioned, which I think that's a great example. Like maybe you just read a good book on something yes. and you're all hyped about whatever. That's like right. I just finished a book on, um, uh, <laughs> never split the difference. It's on, um, mm-hmm. negotiation, yeah, negotiating. Yeah. yeah. So for like two weeks I was just totally hyped on negotiation and I was seeing it <laughs> everywhere. You know what I mean? And I was like yeah. talking to my wife, like I'm going to negotiate my way out of this, you know, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, uh, that's, I'm exaggerating. That didn't really happen. No, I know what you mean, <laughs> but I know what you mean. yeah. So you might like, have just read a really great book or you just watched a really insightful documentary and you're so like some of that's bleeding into your thinking. But the goal of this isn't for those kinds of things. And I think that's what you were alluding to. So I just wanted to to clarify that the goal of this is no, this, this thing might be your destination for 10 years. Mm -hmm. It might be your destination. You know, if you're doing this on a personal level, this might be your destination for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. So this is not something that you want those as great as they may be. You don't want those like 
temporary highs affecting yes. how you think about these yeah, things. Yeah, you want to filter those out. Those are not yeah, helpful in this process. Exactly. All right, man. Are you ready? I'm ready. I'm excited for this. I just got really excited. I don't know why. But I love this kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, so these are methods that I have sort of pieced together. Um, I think I wrote most of this. Mm-hmm. So I'm actually very curious to test it out on you. Because yes. I know we just got done in our last session talking all about how you've tried some of this and it hasn't worked well. So I'm very curious to see. Um, you well, know, I'm not sure these... how much of this I've actually tried. And also, okay. I know that at various times we've talked about these, but we've never really dug into them. Hence, our whole series is called the let's right <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. because we want to take these things, uh, you know, whether they're, they're my stuff or your stuff and we want to like subject them to discussion and, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. Rigorous testing. <laughs> and I want to say like, I'll try to credit if I remember exactly where something came from, I'll mm-hmm. try to point to it. But a lot yeah. of this has been so many years of piecing it together that I won't remember. So, yeah. All right, let's do the first one because I think this is the most obvious one that people will think of. This is probably if you've ever done mm-hmm. this exercise before, This is probably what you've done or something like this under this category. And I did my best to sort of break them, almost categorize them into, um, you know, like I said, I guess categorize categories (laughs) Um, and a little repetitive there. But um, so but I don't know that these names are the best names, but I just there were sort of mental markers for me to Mm -hmm. know. Oh, yeah, that's the one. All right. So the first the first one, again, and this is the most common one, is what I call the blank canvas method. Yep. Which basically is imagine an artist sitting down in front of a blank canvas or a writer sitting down in front of a blank sheet of paper and just writing and just saying, OK, what do I want to make? I'm going to and then I'm going to just sit out and sit down and, and paint that picture. So it, it it assumes that you can sort of visualize or that you have a certain sense of, um, you know, what you're after. So the you can hopefully you can already sense the. Potential downside of that is if so many of us are are out of touch, like we like you and I just said we were in our last few sessions um, with what we truly want or our true destination, then this can be a challenge. But for many of us, maybe we have at least a general sense. So um, with this, usually what it ends up with is some brainstorming questions. Imagine you know, throwing words up at the wall and and seeing what sticks and piecing it together. That's very much how these methods sort of. Uh, sort of work. And you could probably find a lot of these, you know, online if you Google, um, you know, a phrase like vision exercise, that kind of thing. But I've picked a few questions here that I have both seen it been the most effective for me personally, but also I've seen helpful in other people. Um, so a couple, I, I, maybe I'll just walk through some of these and sort of pause because what the, the two things I want to show on each of these methods is number one, what it is. And then number two, why it works, like what's behind, um, you know, sort of like, like almost like pharmacology, like uh, you take a pill and you might know, oh, this is, this is a non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drug, but then knowing why it works on your body the way it does is also a helpful thing. So, <laughs> uh, okay. So for the first one, before we jump in, I mm-hmm. do have a question. Like <laughs> if you've done a lot of, for this one, and maybe it doesn't okay. apply to this one, but, but other ones, you know, like I was saying in our last session, you know, I've done, done like the sort of vision, what did they call it? Vision lining, I think is what they called it. Okay. Uh, it instead of timeline, it's a vision line. If you, okay, if you get right. that, yeah. Uh, so, uh, you know, where I've sat down, I'm like, okay, in this many years, I want to accomplish this. And in this many, you know, months or whatever, I want to accomplish this. If you've done some of that work, is it helpful to start with that and like kind of put it in here? Or is it better to just throw that all out, you know, start fresh? Yeah. You know what I mean? Because it, it does question. say blank canvas. So I, I kind of mm-hmm. get a sense of that. But at the same time, if you've like you mentioned, I think a lot of people will have answered some of these questions, if not all of them at some point or another. Yeah. yeah. 
So I have two thoughts on that. One is I think my inclination personally, and, and even when I walk people through this kind of thing, because I've done some of that, um, is to start scratch, start from, from scratch. And the reason why is if something is truly deep inside you in the way that we are hoping, we're, in the way that we're trying to expose, you shouldn't need to look at your notes. Like you shouldn't yeah. need, you should land at the same place multiple times yeah. um, if it's truly there. That's number one. And then number two, um, there are other methods down the line that actually do more of what you're talking about where they will look in your past and mm. sort of take that into account. Yeah. And so that's where I would see more like more of an opportunity to look backwards and see what you've done in the past notes you've taken in the past, that kind of a thing. Does that help? Yep. That makes sense. Okay. Uh, so the first one that I, again, these are sort of cherry picked from various sources. So I apologize if you know, yeah, I can't remember most of these as I'm looking over them, but the first one talks about why do I, or what do I want to struggle for? Oh, and by the way, a lot of these can be applied both in your personal life and for like a team or an organization. So some of them will say we, or the organization or I, or my life or whatever, you can kind of flip flop them. But what do I want to struggle for? What will we embrace struggling for? Um, and then in which areas does, does the struggle not matter? So that's a great way. Basically, it's sort of using the cost of something to say as a litmus test to say, how much do I really care about this thing? Like if, if this was going to cost me everything, would I still go for it? Um, or how much would, would I be willing to sacrifice? Maybe is another way to say that. And then the what on the other end of that, the thing you're actually pursuing, um, gives you a really helpful hint or clue um, at the thing you care about, at what potentially is your desired future. Um, so I think maybe one of the analogies um, that, that I've used, and I'll try to walk through some of these in different analogies, but, or not analogies, but examples, um, is a friend of mine started a nonprofit to um, basically sort of, not overhaul, but support the foster care system in his, uh, in his area, his community. And so, um, you know, that was sort of his end destination was, um, and he has it way more specifically than now, but imagine (laughs) if you're setting out on that journey, you know, you might look and say, well, what are the most important things to us? You know, what, what are we willing to sacrifice for? Is that, you know, is making of the foster care system in our County, in our community, uh, to this level, making it way better or improving it in these specific ways, or would we sacrifice for that? How much would we sacrifice? Yeah. So that would get you, you know, down the road a little bit. Yep. And, and that's a good example too, because I don't think at the time when he founded his nonprofit, I, I'm pretty sure he wasn't sure yet what that was going to look like, right? Like it was a more yeah. general idea of we want to support the foster care, you know, system. We want it to be better. We want to help the kids in it. Well, that could be mm-hmm. a lot of different things, right? Yeah. So, yeah. and, Go ahead. And there's things around it, like there's licensing new foster parents. There's um, uh, one of the, th- the primary thing he, st- he started on was um, kind of a transition house where, yeah. um, you know, kids would when they're first coming into foster care, there's like three days that the government, the local government has before they can place or in order to place them with a family. But there wasn't a place for them to stay for those three days. So he and the, where they started was to buy a home and. uh uh, basically have it staffed with volunteers, you know, trained, qualified volunteers. And uh, so anyway, there's various sort of um, problems that he could have tackled, but which one do you start with and what's the end goal, all that. So that's kind of what we're trying to expose here. But you're starting, the point of this is to say, what are you willing to work for? What What's the hill you're willing to die on? That's right. <laughs> right? That's right. Yeah. Because when push comes to shove. Yeah. Not that it would be nice, not that it makes you feel good, but that you're actually willing to write the check, spend the money, take the hit feel the pain, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. Um, fail and again, over and over again. Mm-hmm. 
Um, spend the money is a big one. Put your energy to because energy is something you can't ever get back. Right. Yeah. Um, especially yeah. if you lose a project, which c- can happen, you know, you get, get down the way on something and realize it's not going to work or, you know, maybe you created a new product and mm-hmm. nobody likes it, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. but you go back to that. What am I really trying? What am I really struggling for here? Um, this is going to sound weird, but I do think like a lot of times, you know, we know, we know, we see all these studies of people not being happy at their jobs. And I think that's mm-hmm. a huge reason why is, and I've had those moments myself where you're, you're staring at the screen, answering email or whatever you're doing. Mm. And you're like, what am I even struggling for? Because work, especially work can be a struggle, uh, whether it's struggling with, you know, relationships, human, you know, people, coworkers, uh, whether it's struggling, this is how I feel it a lot is just trying to push a project forward, you know, Mm. all the energy it takes. Uh, cause you know, I don't know if it feels this way to me is that a lot of times, I mean, it's sort of like everybody's got their own thing that they're trying to push forward and nobody really cares about your thing. So if you Mm. aren't the one Mm. short of pushing it forward, shepherding it forward, it just dies like on the operating yeah. table. You know what I mean? Yeah, I yeah. feel that way a lot. So if, but to have answered this question and to know what am I really struggling here for? Well, not this project, obviously, but this, mm-hmm. what is this project going to really accomplish that helps, you know, move this mission forward or get to this yes. destination? Yes. Uh, then, then those times, those moments, which happen probably more than we'd like to admit. <laughs> yeah. When, when they yeah, come, right? When they come, they that's exactly come. what I'm saying. Yeah. Will you be able to push through? Yeah. That's yeah. great. That's a great point. Um, so that's sort of the negative, uh, approach is to mm. say like, if like, it's almost this like saying, what would, I, one. what would I spend? Yeah. The one number two. So this is all very raw. This is almost in like brainstorm format. Okay. So I probably would turn number one that is listed right now. What do I want to struggle for? I would probably make that number two and move number two as it stands right now up to number one, because number one is actually the positive way of asking that a similar question, which basically is the classic sort of how is the world going to be different because we exist or because I, if it's a personal thing, how do I want the world to be different because I've been born because I was born and lived my life? Like what should be different? Um, yeah, know, but I mean, I die, what is the benefit of um, starting with positive or starting with negative just because you make you feel better about it? I'll tell you, not necessarily my the way I would see it happening. And I guess you could go, you know, whatever resonates with people, they can take that approach. But the way I would see it is sort of I would take number one, I would list out several examples, like maybe try to drive for a high number like seven or 10 or something like that. And then test all of those on number two and say, okay, I just made a list of 10 things that I would love to be different about the world. But then I would ask for each one, would I die on that hill? Yeah. Would I die on that hill? Yeah. Would I die on that? You know, and for most of them, the answer is going to be no. Yep. It's very easy to say, I want to cure cancer or I want to, you know, name a disease. But then when you actually say, okay, well, if I spent my whole life and never actually achieved it, would I be okay with that? Which maybe yeah. that's a different question, but I feel like it's not um, because there's never a guarantee that you'll reach your destination. So the the point is, would I be okay pouring out everything that I have to accomplish this goal, whether I meet it or not? Like really, yeah, right? That's, that's right. it's sort it's that's like right. a cut and draw. Like this is where the rubber meets the road, right? Yes. Like, yes. And I think I like this way of asking it: What hill are you willing to die on? Because you yeah. you hear that a lot of like that's not a hill I'm willing to die on. Yes. And that's sort of, we, it's, it's a good way of like ferreting out stuff that's not really that important. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Another um, way of saying that about the negative approach. And, and by the way, you could start with number two because there might be things that you have a sort of a gut reaction about mm. and you're like, that's the thing. That's what I would die for. Or I would die on that hill. 
Um, but sometimes I like to have a, a sort of a brainstorm list to work from. But another example of the negative approach, and then I want to hit on number one a little bit more, the new number one. Yes. Um, <laughs> is someone said, you know, imagine you are, you know, basically standing in front of a tightrope strung between two giant skyscrapers hundreds of feet in the air. And you're like, you're not a tightrope walker and there's no safety harness. And on the other side of the tightrope, I forget who told me this analogy. It might have been. Um, yeah, anyway. Uh, and put something on the other side of the tightrope and what would you walk across that tightrope and risk your life for? What would you put over there? You know, is it your, if it's your family and like you had to walk to save them? Well, yeah, I would do that. Mm. Or what if it was like money? Like, well, <laughs> probably not, you know? Yeah. What if it was name the thing and you're like, okay, that's the thing. Well, that you would probably it. say not that, you know, not that, oh, I wouldn't do it for money, but you would say how much money, right? How much money? Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So there's even so there's, a, a, an a, a amount of size and scale maybe that, that mm-hmm. is coming to it as well. Like maybe you would yeah. say, oh, I want to accomplish, you know, this thing. But then if you said, well, but if all I, you know, if all it was, let's take the foster care, you know, system mm-hmm. um, just because we already mentioned it. But, you know, if all I ever helped was 100 kids, I, I don't mm-hmm. think that'd be worth it. You know, I wouldn't sure, want to put sure. my time in if it was just no, somebody else may not, though. I mean, obviously parents. That's right. Take in, you know, maybe 10, 12 kids over the course of their lives. Um, I, I guess I or, don't really know the number, but. Or adopting one child. Exactly. You know, that, yeah. That could be the exactly. thing. And we'll, we're hitting on a topic that is one of the ones you and I, I think, get really excited about yeah. that, that most people don't talk about, which is the level of success. And that's actually a whole separate category that we're not even hitting on in this, in this point. But yeah. Th- that it does, it does reveal a little bit of that. Start yeah. On but that. my point is, so you might come up with something that you really like, um, but, and then the negative approach, you're kind of like, well, no, but if it was scaled correctly, uh, then you would be like, yeah, I would die yeah. to become a millionaire. Let's say, you know, not, not to die, but I would risk my life. Yeah, maybe risk your life is too strong. But sure. my point is, like, I would be okay putting a lot more effort in. I mean, obviously, yeah. people do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the scale is a huge piece of that. Yep. Um, okay, so that's the negative approach. The, as far as the positive approach, these are all basic, pretty basic questions, and there's yeah. a lot more out there about, you yep. know, identifying your vision. And, and I don't know that any one is better than another. Again, f- figure out what resonates with you. Um, well, let's frame, let's frame this, um, in a couple of ways. So like, how would you frame that for an individual? How would I frame that number one question? And then we could do business. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, a lot of the things we talked about, like, what would you, um, like be when you die, what do you hope, how do you hope the world will have been different? Mm-hmm. Or like, I love this little question here. How will you save the world in your own little way? Um, I think that's a great, great question. Like you can't, save the whole world. No one person yes. can save the whole world. Yeah. But how will you save it in your own little way? How will you make it just a little bit better? Um, uh, and so I would say a lot of it comes down to, um, you know, leaving a mark. Um, how do you, when you walk, you could even take smaller examples. Like when I'm a part of a team, how do I want that team to be impacted? When I have a relationship with someone, how do I want them to be impacted because I'm their friend? Uh, those kinds of questions, I think. And I would start there. Then when it comes to uh, teams and um, and organizations, it's really a similar question. It's like, well, yeah, we need to make money or else we wouldn't have started this organization, but there's a lot of ways to make money. So, so this is another one that's great for organizations right there. It says, uh, I lost it now. Oh, when we started, what did we, uh, what did we want to see changed? But then how can our pursuit of that make a bigger difference? So like we talked about the shoe company, uh, by the way, it's Tom's, isn't it? That, uh, that gives shoes. Oh away. yeah. Yes. Yep. So we talked about that a few episodes ago. And they basically, for every shoe that a pair of shoes someone buys, they donate a pair of shoes to, mm-hmm. uh, forget who or how they do it, but 
Um, so they basically said, Hey, we're obviously a company. We need to make money and like pay our employees and stuff. But our pursuit of that can actually make a bigger difference in the world. Um, or, uh, another one, like the Steve jobs make a dent in the universe. Like that, I want to come back to that one because I think that's a really interesting example of an end destination. (laughs) But, uh, so those are just a couple of examples of like how I would see that happening for an organization versus for, for an individual. I don't know if that's clarifying at all or not. Yeah, I think I'd like to, I feel like it's worth digging in a little bit more for an organization. Like, let's say you're a small business or even a big business, but I think small business is a good place to start because you're kind of like, well, I just want to survive, you know, (laughs) Mm -hmm. and that's probably not big enough. Right. And and you always hear that statistic that I forget what the number is, like 90% of small businesses fail within the first year. And I think that's a big reason why is they're started for a lot of reasons, so many reasons, but a big part of it becomes just surviving, right? Like mm-hmm, we just mm-hmm. got to get to the next day. Like I just got to make payroll or, you know, I just got to get the next big client or whatever it might be. Yeah. And I think that really starts to take your, um, it starts to put blinders on you, right? To just like, it's like just looking down. Uh, and that's like all you're doing is just looking at your feet to like the next step. And mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of this is saying, no, like, let's get bigger than that uh, and zoom out a little bit so you can see the whole path. Um, and, yeah, there's going to be times when you do just need to focus on whatever that next step is. But the point here is to say, no, there, there needs to be something more like if you're starting a small business, you can make it about providing for the people that you hire, you know, Mm -hmm. being, being a stable place to work. You can make it about, uh, making your community better. There's so many things you can make it about other than just surviving other than just, we got to make payroll, you know, other than just, we got to hit X number of dollars in revenue this year. Um, which I'm not saying those are bad things. They're just not things that get you out of the bed in the morning, I guess. That's what I'm saying. And I would add two things to that. One is that I want to, I'll try to say them and then come back and, and explain what I mean. One is that your, your end destination, the bigger version of your end destination besides just surviving as an organization, number one, it can drive and should drive your um, creativity. It should drive innovation. But then number two, mm. it can also uh, and will also, if it's done well, um, I don't know how to say this right, but it basically, it adds energy, it adds momentum, it adds resources. So for example, two examples, one is the innovation one. Google's stated objective, or I don't know, they may have changed it since then, but it used to be um, nuts. I, th- I think it's something like organize uh, all compile, the world's information. Organize. Yeah. I was like, is it compile all the yeah. world's information? Yeah. Organize all the world's information. So yeah, obviously they need to make payroll. Obviously they need to make, you know, money for their stockholders. But in the end, that's what they're after is to organize all the world's information. And as they set that out, as they drive their ship that direction, that causes them to seeing that as a destination causes them to do interesting things. Um, every, not just search, right. All sorts of research projects and coding and different things like that. So, um, so that's, that's where it drives innovation. And then the flip side, the other point on that is, um, uh, who is it? Uh, Simon Sinek, I think who says people don't buy what you do. They buy why you do it. So like the Tom's example, um, you know, they, their destination has, yes, it has to do with selling shoes and making money, but it also has to do with helping people who don't have shoes and helping people who can't afford to buy shoes. There's a big, there's a big part of business that is, um, I mean, people, people can go, there's so many, so much competition in almost every niche nowadays that, that you, you almost have to have something more than just I'm competent at my job (laughs) to, to like win business, uh, no matter what business it is. Right. 
And yeah. now what we're seeing is customers actually have a relationship with the business. And mm. that's more than just a relationship with their sales rep, let's say, or their, sure. you know, the person they know at the company. It's actual, an actual relationship with the business. Like, and the example I always use is Amazon. I, I never have talked to an Amazon employee before in my <laughs> life, but I, I have a very strong relationship with that company. Like I've been a prime member since the beginning, you know, since that started in 2011 or whatever, I was actually, I think part of the, um, beta testing of prime. Um, you know, I spent probably thousands of dollars with them at this point. Uh, and all along the way, there's a, a give and a take that has happened and it has led me to keep going, you know, keep ordering with them a time and time again. And there's a actual relationship with, you know, there. Yes. Um, and that relationship means something to you. Exactly. Yes. So you're really not just trying to earn customers. You're trying to earn repeat customers. You're trying to earn, you know, rabid fans is another term that, that I hear thrown around around, around a lot. But I think what you're hitting on is pa- people who are passionate about working with you because it's not just, oh, I, I need, you know, this thing, you know, I need a plumber or sometimes it is just right. that. But if you build a relationship with somebody, you're like, oh, I'm always going to hire that person for when I have yeah. that issue because mm-hmm. I like them or I like their company. You know, I feel like we're getting yeah. off track a little bit, but I think this is also also really helpful. No, we're not. Because I think the number what what I think we're doing is we're saying, well, why would you pick one to, as far as answering number one? Why yeah. would you pick one thing over another? Um, because I think you might start out with some sort of vanilla. I want to make money. I want to yes. pay my bills. And, it would be easy to fill those in for this question. Yes. And I don't know that that's very helpful. I don't know yeah. that that's going to inspire you unless, okay, this is going a little meta, but to get back to our other, you know, we, we've had this conversation in the past a little bit, but the idea of layered strategy. So you have your business strategy, but then if you're, say you're like you, the example you said, you're say a small business owner or, uh, um, you know, you run your own consulting firm or, or whatever, you have your vision and goals and end destination for that organization. But the reason you started, the reason mm. you became an entrepreneur is because yeah. you had vision for your own life. You wanted financial freedom or you wanted to be your own boss or you want, you know, whatever you, you wanted to have create meet a need that you saw wasn't being met, you know? So those can sort of layer inside of there, but then what you need to do is associate them with each other. So anyway, um, I did want to uh, take a second on individual. Um, okay. Only because this part more than some of the other parts feels a lot like the goal setting stuff that I've heard over and over again. So I wondered if, is this just the same as that? And that's okay. You know, uh, because there's more steps or do you see this being different from some of that other stuff? And, and part of it is like, I always, when people start to talk about, you know, what, how would the world be different if I didn't exist? I always get this like weird feeling that's like, you know, okay, I'm going to go like out in the woods and like hug a bunch of trees now, you know? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It doesn't motivate me. And maybe some, some people it does. So I don't want to knock it if that's your thing, but (laughs) no, I, I think you're not wrong in that. I'll say two things about that. Number one, it sort of depends on the way you think. So for some people, you've never thought this way and you need to sit down and and sort of spend some time thinking about these questions. Like, like one of my favorite uh, ways of asking it, I mentioned it a minute ago is like, when you interact with someone, what do you want them to leave thinking about you? Or, you know, say you were friends with someone for five years and then you move away. Like what, what should they feel about that move? Like, oh man, that, that dude was so whatever, or that girl was so whatever. Like, th- like there's, there's some value in, in spending at least some time thinking about that. However, I think where there's declining value, um, and then where it does, does sort of drift into navel gazing a little bit is, and that's because there's a lot of common ground. I think a lot of people, like there's however many billion people in the world right now, it's way past 
it used to be six or seven and now it's way past that. But like there can only be so many reasons to live and there's going to be a lot of people yeah. for similar reasons and that's okay. Like yeah. don't feel like you have to be this like unique old, you know, every snowflake is different or whatever. Like, um, but at least spend some time. Like, I think there is some value there. And then I would, I would agree with what you said at the end. Like this is more just a starting ground is sort of like building the foundation. Yeah. And you're going to you're going to look back at sort of the holistic picture that we're painting and it'll it'll have its its sort of piece in the value. So the other thing that I wanted to say, maybe we don't need to spend any time on that on this. But what if you're a younger person um, mm. and maybe you don't have good answers to this, like you don't have a lot of life experience yet. And so some of these like, I don't know, or or even like you're, you know, let's say you're 17 and you're like, oh, I'm going to be a major a musician on a major label and that's how I'm going to change the world. You know, chances are that's not going to work out for you. Yeah. Uh, yep. Just statistically speaking, <laughs> you know, what yeah. would you say to somebody you know, maybe in that sort of situation, I would say this is probably not the best test for you. Okay. Um, as we said, when we started, s- certain tests are coming at it from yeah. different perspectives and certain tests will res will expose, will be, will reveal certain test results will work better for certain people in certain stages of life. And there's others tests. Like there's one of these methods where, um, I'm trying to find it exactly and I'm not seeing it, but there's one that basically talks about trying things out and experimenting and mm. seeing you know, and that's where I would yep. say, hey, if you're 17, 18, yeah. 19, you just graduated or you're in college and you're like, man, I don't know, what is my thing? And like one of the best things you can do is just try lots of different things mm-hmm. that you've never tried before. And um, so I think that's that's in here somewhere we'll hit in sort of a different method. But again, this is the blank canvas. You sit down. Yep. You're just going to this assumes it's all inside of you already. And it may not be. And that's OK. Yeah. You know I mean, so I think that's that's a good question. Uh, OK, so we started with the sort of the positive. Well, that's all for this episode. We hope you enjoyed it. If you'd like to hear the rest of this conversation, make sure to subscribe so you get new episodes as they're released. You can also view this content along with visuals on our YouTube channel. The link is in the show notes. We'll see you on the next one.